six days. Six days before the Passover. Five days before Jesus' crucifixion. And we find Jesus with Lazarus, uh, with Mary and with Martha. And they're celebrating. And you know what they're celebrating? They're celebrating that Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. I mean, talk about, a, you know, kind of a, I mean, this is like a birthday party on steroids. I mean, think about the, the, the whole situation that uh, here you have this guy who was dead and now he's been retor- restored to his sisters. It just, this is, this is an incomparable moment. It's a moment of relief and of joy and exuberant generosity. And I'm not sure that we can fully wrap our minds around this moment, having never had someone other than Jesus returned to us from the dead. You know, Lazarus was dead. Now he's alive. How does, how does that feel? I, I, I can't even hardly imagine. Mary and Martha were in the throes of deep grief. And then, Lazarus, come out. How, how, how do you process such emotional whiplash? And of course, we know that, that in the background, Jesus is headed to Jerusalem to suffer and to die to atone for our sins. He, he even points ahead to his death after Mary uh, anointed his feet with that expensive ointment. It costs about a year's wages. Stop and think about that for a second. Wiping his feet with her hair. He says this was for his burial. He knows what's coming. Now, I've heard some people say that perhaps Jesus could still smell that ointment uh, on his feet as he hung on the cross. Um, This is outside of Scripture, so you you can feel free to agree or to disagree. Um, I find that kind of dubious because in the first century, you got people walking around barefoot. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not good for, for feet to be, uh, you know, they're not going to be smelling good after six days, usually. However, remember how Mary applied the ointment with her hair. And I suspect that she could still smell it in her hair. The scent of worship and adoration wafting on the breeze as her Lord and Savior suffered and died. There is a potent mix of joy and worship, sorrow, and and, and death in this reading and wickedness. We remember Judas' calculating response. And that mixture seems appropriate today. There is joy whenever God's people come together and and, and worship. 
you know, even though we're doing this from across distance and you know, we're, we're online and, and, and all of those things, there is joy that we can gather together and sing God's praises and hear his word. We believe and trust that, that, that Jesus Christ has won the victory for us. And in him, we have forgiveness of sins and the love of God and, and resurrection from the dead. These are things that surpass the, the, the things that we experience in life in so many ways. But there's sorrow too. And, and perhaps fear. Fear of death. I, I know that I, I grieve to not be able to assemble. I, I'm sorrowful that some of you are struggling and I, I, I can't comfort you with just you know, a pat on the shoulder or, or a hug. There is, there's a feeling of loneliness as we, we come together, so far apart. You know, and as we gather here, it's, it's, it's mostly my family gathered to record a worship service. And there's loss in the fact that, that we can't come together. But God is still with us. We are baptized into Christ. We are his body. The spirit still works through our baptism and through the word to sustain our faith, to forgive our sins, to comfort us. And there is perhaps wafting around us the fragrance of God's love. Like Mary's ointment reminding us of God's grace the joy of worship and the blessing of gathering with sisters and brothers in the hope that Jesus gives us. Loss, worship, joy, sorrow, all mixed together. While we live in Jesus, while we live in his love, he frees us to experience that, that whole range of life. I know that, that there's an idea out there that it's, it's taboo to experience those negative emotions. I think Jesus has freed us to experience those with the joy and even to bring them together so that sometimes as we're going through sorrow, we can still experience joy. And while we're having times of happiness, we can experience another person's sorrows. We are always saints and sinners. And we are always in touch with this joy and hope that there's more beyond, beyond this life. And as we walk through this world, we are still sinners. And we feel the weight and the sorrow of living in a world that, that's doomed to decay and death. In bodies that decay and die with people and systems and so many things that we hold dear, which in the end are dust. And to dust they shall return. This life can feel so futile. As it says in Ecclesiastes, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. 
But in Jesus, in Jesus we are free to love and to love lavishly, to love God, to love our neighbors and, and, and his love in us and through us touching the world. It brings meaning to the meaninglessness. When Chris read Isaiah 53, excuse me, Isaiah 53 earlier, this image of Jesus as the suffering servant, it's just filled with these futile images. He's stricken by God, smitten, afflicted. It's full of grief and sorrow and affliction and crushing and being taken away. It sounds like he lost. And yet in this message of Jesus being stricken, smitten, and afflicted for us is our salvation. He takes upon himself these things that would naturally come to us, which were foreign to him. And he bears them on our behalf out of his love for us. And he delivers that love to us in his salvation and enables us to love him in response and then to love one another. This, this hopeless image is actually filled with hope and with salvation. We are in a time of futility. We're in a time of loss. But how will God use this? What is, what is he teaching us about our faith? What, what idols is he confronting in our hearts? Where, where is he teaching us to, to hope in him instead of hoping in this world? These are questions that I'm wrestling with. But in all of it, God's love leads and comforts and points to Jesus who who he raised from the dead. Remembering that because he was raised from the dead, we too will rise from the dead. The problem is, I'm, I'm not sure I want to go there. To the dead. Even though we all know we will. And we have to learn to trust the one who died and rose to lead us through these difficult times, maybe even frightening times. And I pray that your lives, the the whole range of your, your experiences will be scented with your worship so that when you go through those difficult times, you still experience that scent of your love and your devotion to Jesus. And that that odor will linger in your sorrow and remind you that Jesus, the crucified and risen Lord, loves you. Amen.